Simon Shuka, and today on the Novus Homo, I'm joined by Shay Flanagan. Shay is the inaugural Ms. Sanctuary Leather, the founder of the SoCal Leather Sisters, and the person who is resurrecting the Ms. LA Leather title, which has been in hiatus since 1999. She's also the first woman on the show, and I'm kind of excited about that. Without further ado, Shay Flanagan. No, I was uh, trying to tell somebody this the other day, like I spent, you know, a good chunk of the last 20 years having a really good time, so uh, I don't mind a little boring and a little schedule. I just had a family member fall very ill, so I came up to Seattle to take care of her, so Ah. my entire life just changed on a dime, so now I'm a full-time caretaker. Whoa, Wow. A lot of responsibility and a lot of uh, a lot to take on. That, that's what we do for family, so that's what I'm doing. Pardon me when my <laughs> that threw me a bit. Um, may I ask oh. <laughs> um, who 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 whom you are caretaking? My great aunt, but she's the woman who raised me. So. Oh. Well, my 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 thoughts are with you. Um, Thank you. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to throw you so severely. Oh, no, <laughs> when you're stuttering this early into the call, that's not generally a good thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> my dad passed um, about 10 years ago. I still miss him. I completely understand. I lost mine four years ago. <sighs> my condolences. Um, so there's a special bond with fathers, you know? Yeah, I mean, I definitely uh, had one with mine. <laughs> Three years ago, I was off on the year. Oh, well, I'm my... I'm not 35 yet. I'm only 34, so it was three years ago. <laughs> uh, I was doing a little research on you. Um, yeah, you're a triple Aries. I am triple Aries, triple Leo. <laughs> April seventh. April seventh. I'm April thirteenth. Oh, another Aries in the house. Aries club, yeah. I know a bunch of areas. We uh, used to all have a, a group birthday party called the Ram Jam. Okay, that's fun. But we haven't done it in a couple of years. Um, that, why? Did, uh, uh, because, I mean, we all got it in our heads to do something different one year, and then it didn't, just hasn't rekindled. Oh. Well, that's a shame. It is a shame. It is a shame. I should reignite it for this year. It was always a lot of fun. Um, well, anytime you have that many areas in a room, it's going to be fun. The parts I remember are fantastic, but uh, those parts are few and far between. Um, <laughs> I feel like you must know Dusty Cunningham. Oh, yeah. Uh, Dusty's Dusty. outstanding. Dusty is quality people. He's also a fantastic photographer. And there yes, is a yes. picture of me from our last Ram Jam, and I'm not wearing pants. Nope, and there's no context it. for it. I don't remember it. As long as you somehow found your pants at some point in time, <laughs> then it's all good. I, Whether I made by it you or by someone else, you know. Pants yeah. on, pants intact. Sometimes it's fun uh, when they aren't intact, you know. It depends on the party. Um, oh, well, we're not we're not supposed to be talking about me. We're supposed to be talking about you. We're talking about you, Shane. But I'm thoroughly uh, enjoying learning about you. <laughs> I do love to talk about myself. I am an Aries. I was um, about to say, that goes with Aries. 
Let's see. You grew up in the Pacific Northwest. Which is why I'm back up here. Very cold and, you are and very wet at the moment. <laughs> Uh, but until very recently, you were in San Diego, is that correct? Well, I fled from the Northwest as quickly as possible, and I spent about a decade in Los Angeles. And I like to say that it took me that long to start drying out. <laughs> yeah, I moved down to San Diego I mean, in the last two years. Okay. But prior to that, I've been in L.A. So I still consider yeah. L.A. home. What drew you down to San Diego? Which is my hometown, by the way. Actually, uh, doctors. <laughs> doctors? Yeah. Um, speaking of fathers, I inherited a really bizarre health condition. Bizarre how? I have a genetic health condition that I form aneurysms. You know, some people grow muscles, I grow aneurysms. We all have our thing. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, seems like a, a, a dangerous crop to grow. Yeah. Um, so... I I originally, uh, I came down to California for the doctors. UCSD is where I had uh, my brain surgery. And when did you have brain surgery? In 2008, I had two brain surgeries. You seem to have recovered very well from them. Well, that was 2008, and we're almost in 2016, so obviously it's taken me a hot minute. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad you're doing well. Um... (laughs) How did you um, come to be involved in the L.A. leather scene? Well, I've been kinky for as long as I can remember. You know, most kids played tag. I played kidnapper. You know. (laughs) Let's see here. I started in the public community here in Seattle at a place called The Wet Spot. Its official name was the Center for Sex Positive Culture. So I started there when I was 18, a week before my 19th birthday which was fantastic. Um, I got there by attending a BDSM 101 class that was at uh, Toys and Babeland, which is a really well-known sex shop uh, on Capitol Hill in Seattle. And it was taught by Mistress Matisse. And she said, hey, you know, after this class, I'm going there. Is anyone else interested? And my hand shot up faster than you could have imagined. And, you know, I was like, oh, my God, other people do these things. It's not just me. Fantastic. What drew you to BDSM? Oh, I've just always been wired that way. You know, when I was eight, I made my very first corset, quote, unquote, out of duct tape. I can't even begin to express to you how painful that was to try to remove (laughs) in the shower. Oh, my God. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Hey, I was eight. There was no YouTube video. We didn't have that. There was just your imagination and, in my case, a roll of duct tape. A roll of duct tape. I mean, I remember trying to tie myself up to see if I could manage to not be able to get out of it, just because I was curious if I could. Could you? So, well, I almost ended up breaking my own wrist when my mom came home early from wherever she went. But, I mean, all of those things ended up kind of coming out at the same age. You know, I was a total tomboy. All my friends were guys because I played football and that whole thing. So I would wrestle guys to the ground and tickle them because I'm also a tickling fetishist. But that was all happening around the same age too, you know? And so it just happened. But it wasn't Um, until later that, you know, there was the sexual tie-in with it. May I ask, um, do you identify as gay or bi or straight? 
I identify as queer because 99.9999% of my partners are female or gender queer oriented or gender fluid oriented. But you know, every now and then there's someone with just amazing energy that slips through that loop. So, (laughs) 99.99999. And that, uh, that, 0.0001%. Point zero 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 one percent. What they're about usually, them? You? Oh, they're usually. I don't know. Hell if I know. They have amazing energy. Okay. Yeah, I'm. I mean, when it comes down to it, even in the world of BDSM, um, I'm an energy player first and foremost. So it's always energy. I have a friend who has been mother for a very long time. And he said, with some people, it feels almost like it is a gender unto itself or it's a sexuality unto itself that transcends gender. I've always been very fascinated by that idea. I would I would agree with that. Um, I don't think I can have vanilla sex. You don't think you can I, have Well, if you consider the definition of vanilla sex to be missionary position, tab A, slot B, <laughs> I mean, really, well, that is the definition. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think there's, you've got to allow for a homosexual iteration of it. Um, well, but the thing is, is that in the most recent version of the DSM, um, we we aren't quote unquote a pathology anymore. We are considered healthy. <laughs> Good <It's> try. <laughs> No, it's true. In the uh, most recent version of the DSM, BDSM consensual, BDSM is no longer a pathology, and that is a huge thing. Wow, that is a huge thing. Awesome. Yeah, because before, we would have been considered insane just for our interests and fetishes. We would have been considered insane just for our interests in individuals of the same gender as ourselves. Right. We would have been considered insane for our loves. We would have been considered insane for many things. And that whole thing has been changed up. So that is a huge step forward. Sorry to uh, change the subject very slightly, but you introduced me to a term today, and it's been running through my head, and I really like it. Prodom, which uh, means professional dominant. Yeah? Yes, it is. And you are a prodom. Yes. Have you always been drawn to a dominant role? So I'm a professional dominant. I'm a BDSM educator. I'm a life coach. So have fun with all of that. (laughs) (laughs) My first 24-7 relationship was actually when I was in high school, and we just naturally fell into the roles of dominant and submissive. And that was before I knew that anyone else did these things. We thought that we were kind of the two freaks on the planet. Right. And we just discovering it all for the first right, time. Right, right. And these are the roles that we naturally fell into. And he what was a... wonderful and he was flamboyant and he was fantastic. And he frankly made a better girl than a boy. And so I helped him with that. And he became my sissy maid. And that was our relationship. Oh my God, that's amazing. That was our home life. That was just who we were together. And How that was did... my very first relationship. How long were you two together? A year and a half. I was um, 15 and he was 17. Whoa! Amazing. Are you guys still in touch? Are you friends? Well, he went off to school on the East Coast 
And when he came back, it just wasn't quite the same dynamic. It's difficult when someone's in school in Rhode Island and you're obviously young teenagers. I mean, when it comes down to it, you're children. But we had a really fantastic time together. Let's uh, talk about something a little bit more contemporary. You were the inaugural New Sanctuary Lover. Yes. And that was in 2014. I'm fascinated by the title system, and I'm not entirely sure I understand it. So maybe you could give your, like, you know, back of a napkin explanation of what the title system is and how uh, Mid-Sanctuary Leather fits into it. Yeah. Okay. So originally, the leather titles were created as a way to sell beer. <laughs> okay. The first title was uh, Mr. Gold Coast in Chicago, and it was a great way to bring the community out and bring the community together and have something fun to look at. So if you think of it that way, everything is a lot of fun because you don't take yourself so seriously, right? Uh-huh. So then mix that idea with Miss America pageants. Okay. Okay. And take the Miss America pageant system, and that's kind of how we conduct our contests. So you have speeches, you have interviews, and then where they have the swimsuit segment, we either have jockstrap or hotware based on whether okay. it's a men's contest or a women's contest. And where they have the talent portion, we have what's called a fantasy portion. You have five minutes is the general consensus. And the trick is either make them laugh, make them cry, or make them hot. And if you can do all three, then you're golden. So you just uh, you, you stand before the audience and the judges and you spin a fantasy. Right. Yeah, you show them a bit about yourself. The idea is to... Let them know something more about you through a scene. So whatever that scene is about you, are you a rigger? You know, do you want to do something with rope? But what is a fantasy of yours? What gets you hot? Or what's something that you can convey something about you to the audience through a fantasy? And so um, you are the inaugural Ms. Sanctuary Leather. Um... Sanctuary is a very, very cool title. It's the very first Prodom leather hybrid ever. There has never been another one like it. And um, it's great because there's been a stigma for years and years, depending on the people you talk to, that Prodoms aren't leather. Why is that? Because, well, one, not all Prodoms are leather. There's always been a group that's been stigmatized in leather, whether it was way back in the men's community, it was that accountants couldn't be leather because they didn't fit the blue-collar image. You know what? Not all accountants say they're leather either. So there's always been a group that's been stigmatized. And so most recently it's been pro-doms. But if people go back in their history, they'll see that pro-doms also used to be the ones who protected the community. For a long period of time, especially in the 70s, prodoms were the ones who used to keep the play party safe. For people to find out the location of the play party, they had to first play with a prodom, prove that they were real and not cops, and only then would they get the location of the play party after she vetted them. Wow. It was always the prodom sticking her neck out, keeping everyone else safe. And a lot of people forget that history. We're not particularly great at our history. Um. <laughs> so it was an honor to be able to be the first to walk that path. 
And Moon was my sash daughter, and she did a fantastic job in her title here. And now we have Scarlett Sin stepping in as our third in the title, My Sash Granddaughter. Oh, wow. And, yeah, and I can't tell you how happy I am to see two incredible women carrying on the title after me. The nifty thing about Sanctuary is that it was also the first Miz title to come back to L.A. We didn't have a standalone Miz title in L.A. since Miz Los Angeles Leather and Miz Fallen Angel went away back in 1999. So um, you are resurrecting the title of Miz Los Angeles Leather. I am. That's super awesome. You must be incredibly excited about that. Why hasn't there been a Miz title in Los Angeles in over a decade? Well, the women's community can be a little fickle. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Movies from the 1940s lead me to believe that that is their prerogative, but uh, perhaps you could elaborate? So what happened at that point in time, I wasn't there, so I'm not the one to speak to it. But I'm very happy that the previous owner and producer of the title chose to resurrect. So that is a huge honor that she chose that now would be a good time and that she decided that I was the right person to do it. Um, So how... (laughs) 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 I I do appreciate your patience with me. Um, How would it fit in or does it fit in with Mr. L.A. Well, I'm very glad you asked, actually. The Ms. Los Angeles Leather title was just accepted under the umbrella of the Los Angeles Leather Coalition, okay. which are also the um, umbrella organization who own and support the Mr. Los Angeles Leather title. So um, uh, would Ms. Los Angeles Leather be considered a um, an equivalent title to Mr. Los Angeles Leather? You might say that we are sash spouses. Okay, sash spouses. I like that. <laughs> well, that's kind of um, how it works. So usually titles have sash siblings and sash spouses. So in L.A., we have 10 title feeders. So you have okay. all the bars in L.A., right? You have the Bullet, mm-hmm. the Eagle, SoCal all these great titles, and they are all feeders into the Mr. L.A. contest. So all those 10 title holders then all compete against each other to see who will be Mr. L.A. Okay. Then Mr. L.A. will go on to compete at International Mr. Leather, and the first runner-up will go on to compete at American Brotherhood Weekend. Where does the American Brotherhood Weekend take place? Chicago. Okay. So, um, anyway, so is that the same thing as IML? IML takes place. No. Right? So IML is International Mr. Leather. Uh-huh. And first runner up is American Brotherhood. So it's ABW so, okay. and IML. IML and ABW. Right. One is a national title and one is an international title. And so the way it'll work with Ms. LA Leather is she will also have her feeder titles. So okay. Ms. Sanctuary is a feeder. Ms. Bullet, which will happen next weekend, is also a feeder. Now, to go from having no female titles in L.A. at all to then first having Miss Sanctuary in 2014, 
and then 2015, and then this year, we will also have the very first Ms. Bullet Mother, which is outstanding, and that title is this next weekend, which is great. And so we will have automatically two feeders into the very first Ms. L.A. Leather. That's fantastic. And then, right? And then whoever wins Ms. L.A. Leather will have her choice of going on to Women's International Legacy Weekend or International Ms. Leather. And um, you're resurrecting this title. Um, I guess who is the theoretical archetype of uh, the Ms. L.A. Leather in your mind? Like, what is Ms. L.A. Leather represents to you? She's a woman who's proud of her city. The first thing always is having a great love of L.A. After all, she's representing the city. She's someone who loves to meet people and talk to them about, first, the city, and then, second, the leather community of her city. Because when I traveled around the country during my year, people didn't realize that we had a leather community. Really? And I'm trying to write because we had no representation. Wow. How common are Ms. Leather titles nationally, for instance? Like the San Francisco Oh, incredibly common. Ms. San Francisco has existed. Ms. San Diego has existed for 30 years. It's the oldest leather title in the country. Wow. I knew that San, San Diego had a, a robust leather community. It was uh, um, invisible to me when I lived there. <laughs> I was really into the rave scene, and I hung around with all, like, straight raver kids. I wonder what would have happened to me had I encountered any real leather or kink when I still lived in San Diego. How my life would be different. You never know. It's not too late. <laughs> well, I mean, I've explored since then. I'm interested in how the genders interplay together because I, you know, I think I, I told you when we spoke earlier, I'm a, I'm not a member of the other community, but I'm an, I'm an interested well-wisher. And, you know, the, this is actually a resurrection of a piece that I started to write in February hmm. and was so robust by so many leather women that I spoke to that really? uh, I decided to table it for a while. Yeah. Yeah, I encountered a lot of wariness and distrust. I'm I'm just curious. Oh, I'm about sorry to hear that. Oh, I mean, if I'm a member of any community, it is the radical fairies. And if, uh, if somebody called me out of the blue and asked me uh, like a bunch of personal questions or like questions about sanctuaries, I can understand. I guess is all I'm saying. But I do appreciate how open and engaged you've been with me. I guess is all I'm trying to say. One thing that I perceive part of a title holder's role is to be the face of a community. Because if we don't talk to people, then who will? I can appreciate that very much. Uh, I'm HIV positive. And I see it as my role to answer the questions that are obnoxious and the 18-year-old kid who just found out he shouldn't have to answer. If I can answer all those questions for him, I will have... I completely agree. I mean, whenever I travel, I wear my back patch. Because even if there's one person that I can help answer questions for, we've shown a different light on the community. Just being smiley and happy and approachable, we're no longer those scary leather people in the closet. (laughs) Well, and for some people, they may look down on that. Uh, For some people, they feel that there's more safety in not being approachable. You don't feel that way? I don't. Well, it's not even a matter of safety. I believe in being genuine. This is who I am. This is why I stepped into this role. And this is exactly what you get. 
but I'm very happy to answer questions because that's part of the package. Well, as long as you're answering questions, my fiance <laughs> had a question. Um, I am happy to answer it. We have a lot of friends who are deeply into puppet play. And, right? There uh, is a huge pup movement right now. It is it is huge. And I, uh, I'm i really interested in, and I doubt very seriously that this will end up in the piece in any way, shape, or form, but I'm very interested in what your view of it is, how you see it fitting into a broader kink culture. Um, are there girls who are into puppet play? I only know boys. Yes, there are. No, there are girls, too. Okay. There are girls, too. Okay, so... I'm going to tie this back a little bit into what you were saying with the perceived friction between the men's and women's communities. One of the best okay. things I ever heard years ago is the pants on, pants off rule. So if <laughs> pants are on, then we're all good to hang out together. Okay. But if pants come off, then, you know, we need our individual spaces. Okay. So, you know, events and things like bar nights and what have you where everyone's dressed and we're just hanging out, fantastic, shared space, great. But play parties where people are getting their business on, wonderful. <laughs> we can have separate spaces. Okay. I think the biggest thing there is respecting each other's spaces. Because, trust me, I want my private space just as much as you do. <laughs> and I think um, that's an important thing to remember. And so now the great thing about pups is they're everywhere. They're everywhere. You go to a bar night and there are the pups. <laughs> pups are all over the place. But one thing that I love about the pups is that they're a ball of pure happiness, complete innocence. And I think that may be part of why it's taken off with such a fervor. There are often master and slave titles, right? Is there boot blacks, too? And we have boot blacks. And we have pony titles. And we have, we have all sorts of things. Do you think okay. that there will be pup titles in the future? Oh, there are pup titles. Are there? Yep, there are pup and handler titles. I have no idea that uh, we had achieved the pup cultural saturation to the point where there were pup titles. That is kind of awesome. We have had pup titles, pup and handler titles, for a few years now. <laughs> that is, this is neither the time nor place, but I'm very curious. How integrated are the, the sub-communities? Like, do straight guys run for Mr. L.A. Leather? Master Prometheus. He was Mr. Sanctuary, actually. He ran for Mr. L.A. Leather last year. Okay. Awesome. So, yes. So, the answer is yes. Uh, and yeah. Ms. L.A. is open to all orientations, and it's female-identified. So, another good thing to know about the female community is, as of 2014, we formed a new group called the Southland Title Sisters. It's the female equivalent to the Los Angeles Band of Brothers. You were the president? Is that correct? Yeah, I I was tasked with forming it uh, on stage when they made me Miss Sanctuary. <laughs> oh, wow. Here you go. You're Miss Sanctuary. Hey, by the way, do you want to make a female version of the Los Angeles Band of Brothers? Oh, that'd be amazing. Okay. And into the microphone she said, hey, Shay's going to do this during her title year. Oh, well, okay. No pressure, Shay. <laughs> right? So, yeah, but... There we are. <laughs> so um, the Los Angeles Band of Brothers, um, they, you know, they're a group of the 10 who compete for Mr. L.A. Okay. So every year they get 10 new brothers 
but if you remember, my year, I was the first. <laughs> so I wasn't about to be a group of one. So I took it down and I chatted with Miss SoCal Leather. And then I chatted with Ms. San Diego Leather, and I said, so I kind of, I was given this task. <laughs> Do you guys want to form a group with me? Because <laughs> that'd be really swell. <laughs> and how about we just start collecting women from L.A. down through San Diego, and we do this thing. And it took a bit, but I got them on board, and here we are. So now we collect everybody. The Ms. titles, the boot black titles. We swooped up to North L.A. and we claimed the master slave titles as long as they're uh, female. Okay. And this year, we're about to come up on our second anniversary. So now we're collecting in honorary title holders, which are previous title holders, so the wuzzies. So, like, I'm now a wuzzy because I stepped down. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, we're called wuzzies. So, yeah, we're collecting wuzzies. Which is great because, you know, we have all these amazing women who had been title holders in years past. Uh, and so now it's great that we can welcome them into the STS. And we can also collect in women who live in our region but have um, regional titles. So, like, we have women who live in L.A. but who actually are Southwest title holders, so like a Southwest boot black. Okay. So technically, they aren't a Los Angeles title. They're a Southwest title, but they happen to live in L.A., so we're snagging them into the STS also. We're up to 15 women. And um, what do you guys do? Well, one of Why our main you? goals is to try to keep women from having to reinvent the wheel every single time because it's hard. <laughs> you know, you get a title, and it's like, okay, well, now what? You know, and it takes you about three months to get your feet under you trying to figure out what on earth you're doing. And then by the time you're actually comfortable in your boots, your year's coming to an end. <laughs> you know, so if we can help each other and be this network and support for each other, so anytime someone has a question, they have this sisterhood behind them. You know, whether it's a carpool to an event or if they're throwing an event, like, hey, I'm doing a fundraiser, bam, you have 15 women already showing up. That's great. Or you have 15 women sharing your event across social media. That can do a lot because then you're reaching out to all these women who are already established as title holders. And so you have their network of people, which is huge because a brand new title holder most of the time does not have that network of people yet. God, it sounded like you had a really busy year. <laughs> I really did. I actually, I had two suitcases. <laughs> So I would get home, I would drop off a suitcase, I would pick up my next suitcase, and I would leave again because I was already a pro-dom and an educator when I came into my year. And so I used all my teaching to help me travel. And so I just kept going to event, to event, to event, to event because my goal, because we didn't have a Ms. L.A. during my year. So I rocked out my year like I was Ms. L.A., which is what helped me get the idea of exactly what I wanted this contest to be and what I wanted this title to be and why I felt so strongly that we needed to have this title back. And I spent my year introducing myself around the country because we haven't had an L.A. title roaming around the country. And I was like, hi, I'm Shay. I'm Miss Sanctuary. They're like, oh, Okay, I'm like, yeah, I'm an L.A. title holder. Oh, you guys have those? I didn't know you had those. Yep, hi, nice to meet you. Oh, okay. And I went to IML. I went to ABW. I was in Florida. I was all over the place. 
My goal for my year was to go as far as my bank account would take me, and then some. (laughs) (laughs) I got Um, an inheritance that year, (laughs) and I went completely through my inheritance. (laughs) It's like, okay, well, we are going to rock this year out. Of all the places that you visited um, in this tour, what was your favorite place? Oh, I don't know if I have a favorite. I really don't. Because each one is so unique. It was, the entire year was just outstanding. It really was. I had so much fun during my title year. I really did. I loved every single moment of it. And, you know, at the, I think what was so funny is at the end, I wished that there was a title to go on and compete in, which is why I'm so happy that now my sash daughter has the opportunity to go on and compete in it. And she's thrilled to be able to go on and compete, which is great. Uh, did you say that your staff daughter was Goddess Moon? Yes. I had the pleasure of uh, speaking to her not too long ago for a piece that I was working on about polyamory. Isn't she a sweetheart? She was a doll. She was very helpful and very patient with me. Although with polyamory, I was on a little firmer footing than I am with other. Um, <laughs> Speaking of polyamory, we we don't have to get into your personal life if you don't want to, but I am curious, do you find time for romance? (laughs) Like, um, well, I mean, I guess let's start there. Do you consider what you do sex work? Oh, of course um, I do. And do you find it hard to have a personal romantic life or a personal sexual life? Okay, well, I think a good thing to know about prodoms, or at least my version of prodoms, because we have different levels of prodoms. There are full-service doms, quote-unquote, which are prodoms who also offer sexual services. And then you have more your traditional dom, which Mm. is the category I fall in, which there's no sexual services exchanged whatsoever. Okay. We all fall under the category of sex work because it is still sexual energy. So... I mean, it can be intimidating for people to date a prodom because, you know, my energy and my time goes to work. But, you know, the same can be said for anyone who dates anyone with a demanding job. You know, I've had wonderful relationships. I've only had one person in the last many, many years get incredibly jealous over my profession. So obviously that was not a relationship that (laughs) was meant to be. I mean, my job has been the same for many years. And they know who they're getting into a relationship when they start dating me. Is Dom and Sub, um, does that exist outside of the bedroom for you? Is it just play or is it a lifestyle? It's also my lifestyle, but it has to be with the right person, obviously. You know, it's not, oh, I'm Dommy McDoms a lot. One of my favorite things. <laughs> You know, there's some people who have a high and mighty da-da-da bravado all the time, and they expect everyone to treat them, you know, like a domly masterness. And, you know, I'm Shay. I'm just Shay, you know. (laughs) You know, if the energy sparks and we have that connection, we're both going to know right away. And fantastic, then we will figure that out between us. But most of the time, we know immediately. But... No, the only time I'm in Domly McDom's a lot mode is when I'm working because they pay me an extremely large amount of money for me to be in Domly McDom's a lot mode. So for that, I will be in that role for them. 
I mean, dear God, my job is to be the living embodiment of someone's fantasy. That's what I get paid for. That's a lot of responsibility. It's almost like a theater major, but not. (laughs) (laughs) Is this the work that you see yourself doing going forward or? Well, funny thing about that line of work, it breaks down our bodies. You know, I mean, anyone who plays that long, that many times a day, it's going to break your body down, you know, to put that much strain on shoulder joint or wear corsets and high heels for that many hours a day. It just does not make the body happy. So, you know, all doms have a retirement career, as we call them. But as far as my community, yeah, I do I do plan on producing the Ms. L.A. contest for quite some time to come. So as far as those things are concerned, you know, you can take the girl on a vacation from the community to take care of family, but the girl will never leave the community and the kinks will never leave the girl. That answered very nicely what I was trying to get at. Um, are you familiar with uh, Christopher Bartlett? He's a radical fairy writer and thinker and HIV activist. He is the executive director of the William Way Center, which is one of the oldest LGBT centers in the country. But I bring him up because he has all these theories about gay culture. Basically, he says that, you know, there's youth, there's young adults, there's adults, and then there's elders, and then ancestors, after you kick it. Um, But he says that gay men and women, um, you know they're adults when they find themselves getting involved in the maintenance of their culture, like mentorship and hosting events, producing events, things like that. And uh sounds like that's what you're doing. I think it's noble work. Well, thank you. I have not heard that before, but thank you. You could give um, one piece of advice to aspiring Ms. Los Angeles Leathers, uh, what would it be? Don't try too hard. Just be yourself and just have fun. I think that's good advice for young Angelinos in general. Right? (laughs) Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. You've been fantastic. It's always always nice to talk to a fellow Aries, but you, 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 you've got me tittery a little. So, yeah, there's that. <laughs> well, that's very sweet. <laughs> I'm glad you think so. <laughs> I do. I do very much. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. Yeah, no, I had a great time. Uh, I look forward to seeing you when you get back in town. Okay, sounds great. Right. Have a wonderful okay, night. You as well. Okay, take care. There you go. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Shay Flanagan. I have to admit, I'm a little bit smitten by Shay. I think it probably came across in the interview. There was a whole lot of me giggling like a 14-year-old that was blessedly cut out by my wonderful producer and fiancé, Jordan. It's not just because she's an Aries, uh, although, you know, Aries Club, but she radiates a calm confidence, which definitely draws me in. Um, I also admire her a great deal. She has a strong commitment to family. She's history-minded. Um, and, you know, I love that. 
And she is a creator of queer culture who has an eye to building the institutions which will support that culture in the future. And I think it's something that gays, especially maybe even gay men, lose sight of all too often. Anyway, the Ms. L.A. Leather competition um, is this weekend, Martin Luther King Jr. weekend. January 15th through 18th. You can learn all about it at www.mislaleather.com. That's M-S-L-A-L-E-A-T-H-E-R.com. Or follow Shay on her Twitter handle, at Shay Flanagan. That's at S-H-A-E-F-L-A-N-I-G-A-N. Bye, everybody.